0: This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 198, where we're talking to you about Daredevil, Season 3, Episode 12, One Last Shot. <laughs> Welcome back, fellow Defenders. It is I, one of your hosts, Chris Jones, where we're talking to you about Daredevil Season 3, Episode 12. One last shot, it's the penultimate episode. I am joined by the illustrious co hosts for Defenders TV Podcast, the one and only Derek and John. Boys, introduce yourself.
1: Oh, I'm Derek. And hello, fellow Defenders, I am John.
0: We are nearly there, we're nearly at the end of Season 3, and it has been one crazy ride.
1: We have one last episode to go uh, on Daredevil Season 3. And of course, to listen to all the back catalogue of Daredevil, please head on over, subscribe, leave a review um, over at DefendersTVPodcast.com, where you can pick your podcast catcher of choice to listen to the dulcet tones of The Three Amigos. But with that, let us get into our spoilerific Phil's review. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, this episode was directed by Phil Abraham. He
2: directed uh, Royal Dragon, a Defenders episode, and has directed loads of episodes of Daredevil before. He has done two episodes per season of the last two seasons of Daredevil. He did Into the Ring in Season 1 on Cutman. Man. He did Bang and Dogs to a Gunfight in Season 2. Uh, also directed an episode of Luke Cage: Soliloquy of Chaos. And the episode was written by Sam Ernst. We talked about Sam Ernst earlier on in the season. Uh, He wrote episode 309, one of the best episodes of the season so far, Revelations, uh, with the showrunner
1: Eric Olson. Excellent stuff. Yeah, a lot of Marvel Netflix uh, history here with these two, um, especially with the director, Phil Abraham. Yeah, a long list there with Daredevil and Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Wilson Fisk is reunited with Vanessa, but the long-awaited reunion doesn't go entirely as planned. Not only is Ray Nadim alive and in the wind, but with time apart, a distance has seemingly built up between Fisk and Vanessa. As Fisk tries to understand what's wrong, Vanessa reveals her true commitment to Wilson and convinces him to let her into the criminal side of his life. Meanwhile, Matt Murdock agrees to carry out Foggy's plan, working together as lawyers. And so, Nelson and Murdock... Avocados at Law take on a new client who holds key information on the Kingpin. As they build their case, they make a deal with Blake Tower to get Ray Nadim in front of a grand jury. But as they battle successfully to protect him from Fisk's hit squads, the war is lost, as Fisk takes control of the jury and he is protected from indictment, and the hearing has no effect. In the aftermath of Injustice, Nadeem loses everything. Fisk is emboldened, and Matt Murdoch realizes the law is no longer enough.
0: Yes, we see a return to form of the avocados of law yes. in this episode.
1: It was really nice, that wasn't it? Actually, yeah, no, yeah. it was.
0: I, I, but then, at, literally at the end, we then see well, Daredevil needs to kick ass again because working within the law sometimes doesn't work.
1: No, yeah, it was. It was really good to see both uh, Nelson and and Murdoch uh, getting together. Again, a few more smiles on the face of Matt Murdoch, uh, but then ultimately, yes, he realizes that despite giving it one last shot, uh, he really has to try a different route. I presume he's moving back into killing uh, Daredevil or killing Matt Murdoch um, rather than um, sort of lawyer Matt Murdoch. Yes. Um, I presume. Yeah,
2: yeah. definitely enjoyed seeing Foggy talking about uh, about the gang being back together throughout this episode. Really good fun. I loved that everybody was kind of shushing him so he didn't ruin it all.
1: <laughs> so it was really he good says, fun.
0: Don't, don't don't say it again. Don't say ah. Oh, he said isn't it, it great to be working back? To- Shut up, Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: he said it too much. Yeah, speaks too soon. But with that, on to case note number one of our top five. Uh, yes, number one, Vanessa returns and she's a little bit different she's maybe a little angry uh, a little distant despite being closer to uh wilson fisk she arrives in a helicopter um just the way she left and obviously fisk uh, seems to just get bad information right at the moment that the love of his life returns to new york uh but there is this kind of weird feeling between the two of them over the course of this episode and um, they Something's not quite right. There was that moment just after I think Wilson Fisk had made her the omelette and she was sat down after she had woken up where I was thinking, is she going to leave him here? You know, is that what's going to happen? But ultimately, no. Um, she gets closer, much closer, that, you know, to the point of being absolutely in the inner circle of Wilson Fisk's life. A, a fully fledged uh, Fiskanet, I suppose. Fisk and I like that
0: one. <laughs> she's the Fisk cheerleader. Yes, no. Exactly. This was really weird. I, I, As soon as she came back into his life, and then after she kind of goes to bed without dinner, um, I was like, oh, she's had an affair. Because then she started, there was this beautiful scene where um, Fisk makes his omelettes.
2: It's his omelette, yes. It's yes. His famous. Uh, his famous dish, the best dish and only dish that Fisk ever cooks, isn't it? Yeah, he's cooked it right away from season one. In prison, he was cooking it. Yeah, so.
0: Um, but she talks about being alone, always alone, mm-hmm. just, but surrounded by bodyguards, always alone. Yeah, I was like, oh, she had an affair with one of the bodyguards. He's gonna like snap and go crazy. Um, mm-hmm. she'll tell him, and then I was like, oh no, okay, so it wasn't that. Never mind. I was just like, I, I was like, why is she acting so strange? Obviously, we find out later why. Yeah, I don't know. I was expecting a bit of a. Kind of craziness like a, a proper crazy story versus her wanting to join the family
2: yeah i think what we saw back in season one of daredevil was that she did join uh wilson fisk she went right to his side before he made the uh the engagement offer to her of of a ring uh before she left on the helicopter at the end of season one she very much joined wilson fisk she was completely on his side she knew what he was doing and accepted him for that um she talks to him throughout this episode and, and is saying. To him, let me in. I, I, I want to be closer to you. I can't just be some another possession of yours. I can't just sit here. I love some of the turns of phrase she has with him. We see that Dex has gone out and picked up uh, Rabbit in a Snowstorm, the painting, uh, and brought it back home. And Vanessa's going. Fisk likes to put beautiful things on display, effectively just like her. And um, so we see that she has this resentment for him because she feels like he's been in prison and he put her in her own prison while he wasn't able to be around her, which I can understand the resentment from her. She's very much been alone for the entire time that he's been in prison, waiting for him to get out. And now her life can start again, is the way that she's been told from uh, from Fisk. But he's not willing to let her back into the world that he operates in, uh, which is it's just an interesting kind of dynamic between the two. Of them.
1: Yeah, I think that moment where she talks about being in Spain and she's walking around uh, you know, the town that she's in, uh, there's this huge crowd, but that she feels ultimately very alone. And, and as you say, that they're both in their own types of prison, uh, and that Vanessa really, to break out of this prison, needs to be let in fully to Wilson Fisk's life. That, you know, she is seeing these men come in to have these quiet words with Wilson Fisk. She sees the blood on the, uh, rabbit in a snowstorm that, Dex has recovered from uh, Mrs. Falb, who, uh, you know, at force, taken at force, she spots the kind of the the splatter of blood around the frame. Um, but ultimately, you know, she wants to enter into his world. She doesn't want to just simply um, admire it from afar. She's And I, I like how she references back to, you know, their moments in season one, as you say, um, that... This feels right to me, the fact that she stood by him and was willing to get whisked away at the end of season one by helicopter. She was a part of his life, or so she thought, but then there's this kind of disconnect when she gets back and the sense of loneliness and separation. And it's it's really nice then that, you know, you see... um Wilson Fisk fully embracing her into his little command center with Felix Manning, uh, Mrs. Shelby looking petrified as usual. Um, so really, really nice. I thought I, I kind of liked, you know, where he puts his hand, I think on her shoulder or maybe on the back of the chair. Uh, and he's kind of, he looks on with pride as she kind of suggests an alternative strategy that they need to employ against Rainer Deem here. So, um, Yeah. Interesting stuff, I thought.
0: It, it, for me, it was just crazy. I wasn't expecting the end product there of her sitting in that chair and her suggesting the death of Nadim um, versus the compassionate, more, well, we'll use him later on type of Yeah,
2: approach. I think, I think it's the two different approaches, really, isn't it? With Kingpin, it's more of a punishment. He's looking to really punish Nadim and hang him out to dry. Uh, for his betrayal it's almost as a you know as a as a sign and a warning post for the rest of the fbi not to flip on on fisk um whereas vanessa is willing to kill him and take him out completely um, another thing i love i know you slightly mentioned that john earlier on just this kind of beast that is used throughout this episode of wilson fisk getting bad information from people as he's trying to enjoy this moment this is the moment he's been waiting for since he got out of prison was getting his life back in order so that he can get vanessa back into the country and back into his arms and just as he's standing waiting for the helicopter to land a guy comes up and taps on the shoulder and goes "Uh, sir um i need to tell you some bad information and fisk is like not right now (laughs) (laughs) he goes uh, nadim got away and you can see the anger is rising in him but he pushes it away and gets vanessa back to the apartment and when he gets her back to his back to his, his penthouse apartment dex is standing outside waiting to tell him more bad news And we also have Felix coming to to him while he's trying to enjoy his first day with Vanessa. And Felix is coming to tell him some more bad news about (laughs) Dex getting away. I just like these moments where Fisk is trying to run his organization and trying to keep it away from, uh, from Vanessa. But people keep interrupting him to tell him this bad news while she's around. So really... The chance to have her involved in the organization will actually help him out quite a lot because he doesn't have to push everybody away all the time. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think moving on to case note, uh, two here, uh, because part of that bad news is that he cannot find Ray Nadim. Uh, you know, we have Nadim in hiding here, um, as they bring, Ray to Mahoney's grandmother house initially to protect him and to take him off the streets, mm-hmm. take him off the grid that um, Wilson Fisk uh, has around New York. And then ultimately um back together at Fogwell's gym where they're going to uh, interview Ray Nadim um, to find out all the information that he knows about Wilson Fisk, and how he has infiltrated uh, the FBI. It was great seeing Mahoney's mother, I think, um, and the house there, and her getting involved. uh, Certainly really putting her uh, neck out for uh, her son, Detective Mahoney, and and of course for uh, the avocados at law. But really, uh, this is an interesting uh, moment where they sit down. I thought... Daredevil. I thought Matt was really harsh on Ray. You know, he's going, "What are you doing this for?" You know, you should have uh, told on Wilson Fisk the moment that you know you saw an officer shot. And that there's so many different complications here. And ultimately, Matt is trying to extract from Ray Nadim that he wants to be on the right side of the law again that Mm -hmm. he wants to redeem himself and be the good cop effectively or the good fbi agent um so i i really like this because it was very very harsh uh, i think line of approach that matt murdoch took here against ray but then ultimately i think matt realizes that ray is absolutely genuine here and so i i thought this was really nice actually
0: yeah, so I didn't agree with Matt's method. I really didn't. You can see what he was trying to do very much so. Like, he was trying to push Nadim into, um, understanding why he was doing this and push him to so be more malleable to the overall offer of doing it. Cause you could still see him. He was still a bit torn of like, he didn't know why he, he was going to turn, but he didn't know why it was only for. The, the wife and kids. Um, mm. But the, this kind of, it goes beyond that.
2: I think what we saw in the last couple of episodes was that Matt was saying to Foggy he'll follow Foggy's point of view and join up with Karen and Foggy and meet with them in the middle and go back to working together and won't question their methods. But that doesn't mean he won't question Ray. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not going to decide whether to go with their approach by forcing Ray down this path. And if Ray isn't willing to give up the information, if Ray isn't Willing to really put himself on the line here, Matt will still go back out as Daredevil and kill Fisk. It feels like, yes, okay, Foggy, we'll take your approach, but if your approach isn't going to work for me, I'll still go down the path of Daredevil. It's what it kind of feels like. And that's why he pushes him the way he does. And also, to be honest, Ray's going to be questioned by multiple people about his statement over and over again. What Matt is trying to do is push him to a point where he gets the real answer out of him before Blake Terror walks in, and it is literally the moment when Ray accepts that he will have to get will will have to give up his entire life and give up everything to take down Fisk is just as as Blake Terror arrives, yeah. which is quite interesting. So it's
0: almost like it was timed.
2: Yeah, it's like as if Matt was listening for Blake Terror's arrival to make sure he gets the full answer out of him,
0: or it was just really good TV writing. Because <laughs> it could be worse. He's like, we're going to have this big argument. Now we're going to sit here in silence for 30 seconds. Oh, no. Okay. Actually, no, they haven't got out of the car. Oh, no. Blake forgot his his wallet. So he's gone back to the car now. So just, just wait, wait. So just sitting in silence <laughs> for like two minutes.
2: <laughs> but it's great to see them all working together again. and It's great to see that moment between Nelson and Murdoch as well, where Matt's kind of joking about the fact that Foggy's got, you know, brand new suits, brand new shoes. He must have gotten used to all the money and you know foggy turns around to him says but i'd be willing to give it all up if we got back together and started working together again as the attorneys you know we heard him earlier on in the season talking to his brother saying all the ideas were matt's i was just the lawyer guy but matt and myself working together is what my real dream was you know so it's nice to see that they hopefully will get back together again properly
1: yeah, it's, it's nice to see it, I think. And I, it's a shame that at the end of the episode, Matt is kind of resolutely back in, uh, killbot mode, uh, rather than lawyer mode, because I think, um, it would be nice to see them together doing this thing. I, I like the idea that Nelson would give it up, but, um, you know, maybe do a bit of, uh, rich man's work on the side, just to keep the dosh flowing in so that you can do pro bono on people that, uh, maybe can't afford the the legal system uh in in New York. And I think that would be really good. And then Matt Murdock could take it beyond the law at night in his Daredevil suit, taking out the Wilson Fisks, the bullseyes and so on. So hopefully he's not totally like sort of dichotomous here where he's like, no, can't do law because the only thing to do yeah. is kill. But I think that's kind of how it comes across a bit here. Certainly um just because this has become so personal for him. Yeah, I think his battle
2: with Fisk has become that personal that he knows the law won't work and he believes the law won't work despite what Foggy told him. Uh, Foggy's still intensely pushing it towards the end of the episode. He's still saying we'll have another go at him, but we hear from Blake Terra in these scenes. We hear from Blake Terra that Foggy's called in his only card just to get an hour of Blake Terra's time. Um, that's not going to happen again is the way it seems to come across. And by the end of this episode, we see that Matt has accepted that, that that is the last time that Fisk will go up against the law. So I mentioned last episode that I thought this is how the series would end with this court case and Fisk going back to prison. i um, kind of now seeing that we might be ending the season with the loss of Wilson Fisk. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. That's where I'm thinking it's going now. They've had their chance. Everything's been on the table. We had a grand jury cold, uh, short notice. We had the press uh, cold, which we'll talk about uh, as well in our next point. Um, but that's all happened now. And nothing came from it because Wilson Fisk has everybody in his pocket.
0: I don't know. I don't know if that will work, dude. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the answer that uh, having Matt commit the ultimate mortal sin will be the the way that they'll want to end on season three.
2: It's what the whole series has been about. So I think that might come down to a choice. Exactly. But yeah. I
0: think it would be like, it will come down to that choice. And I don't think he will. I think what mm-hmm. we'll find is. Potentially, okay, so here's the pitch. Point Dexter kills uh, Vanessa um, while trying to beat the hell out of Matt. And most likely Daredevil beats down Point Dexter. And then Wilson Fisk goes into range after finding and Daredevil has to beat him to a pulp. And it comes to the point then it's like, no, you need to get out of this race or I will kill you. And uh, like I killed and he'll say that he killed Vanessa. I don't know. But I, I I don't think Vanessa's long for this world.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean for me I definitely thought yeah, it would come down to that choice as to whether Daredevil will kill Wilson Fisk or not. Um I kinda of thought he might do, but I know that the character that's kind of one of those things that he's fundamentally opposed to yeah. ultimately in the comics, so they'd probably pull away from that. But I think it could get messy in the whole run into the end. And, of course, it is only one episode left. Like, I just feel that this is may potentially get a little messy. Um, and I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean that, that there's a lot of strings here that may play out. I think, you know, will Poindexter find out that Felix Manning killed Julie? Is there, as you say, potentially bullseye uh, miscalculates and kills vanessa mm. is vanessa going to be this linchpin and wilson fisk back in prison however unlikely that feels at the moment but yeah there's certainly a lot of um uh pieces on the chessboard still really mm. here and i'm not entirely sure uh whether they're Doing a knight move, a bishop move, or some kind of random queen move uh, here.
0: I, I think <laughs> that the move is going to be that the the chessboard is flipped off the table. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, and I and I feel that this is down to Ray as well. I think you know, I know you guys feel that this another move to happen for Dex here, but I think Vanessa has sent him to kill Ray, and I think Ray had a plan. We'll probably follow up that on a later point because. Let's get into our case note number three, the Parkway shootout. Um, the big action moment, really, of this episode where Matt is trying to bring Ray Nadine to, uh, to the courthouse. Uh, I thought it was a really, really interesting scene. Yeah. Because we talked about Matt's superpowers this season earlier on, that they're not really being shown off the way they were in season one, where we had it really underlined, this is Matt using his superpowers. But wow, this episode really does show off how good Matt is with
1: his abilities um yeah this parkway shootout was excellent um, really good and yes he might not kill but he certainly kills by proxy uh, using Ray Nadim yes. to shoot through the, the back of the van mm. um, like that was really cool I thought where he's kind of saying shoot Nadim shoot Nadim because they're reloading like he's really frantic and he, he has them taken out maybe it is just a wounding rather than a killing possibly no, um, it, it is 100% And when they get out of the car
2: earlier on you see the three guys that Ray has shot um, with the guidance of, of uh, Matt you see the three of them rolling on the ground with shots to their legs Uh, Matt has made him aim downwards uh, through the spots that the shots came through it's so interesting I love that style that's there I will say there's a couple of things that happen in the scene, whether it's just that they edited it slightly shorter than it needed to be. Uh, There's a couple of moments in the scene where Matt doesn't give enough information to Ray for him to take out the people that he takes out. It's like Ray also has a bit of a superpower as well. Uh, He seems to be way too good at taking out everybody around him. Uh, But I did like the scene. It's
1: an exciting and interesting scene, definitely. Yeah, really good. Um, I do like the fact as well that it counterbalances with you know you're wanting them to succeed because this is the journey of Rena Deem to the courthouse to give his evidence to the grand jury, and ultimately they win this battle. But uh, as we come to later, the war is very far from won here, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's kind of a nice element to this Parkway shootout. It, it's a small victory in amongst that war and ultimately it's a little um pyrrhic in a sense uh so like really really good i do like the facts as well that felix is behind this attack on rey uh, and we have this moment right at the start where he offers his resignation i think you said at the time derek i don't think there's many people that could offer their resignation to wilson fisk Mm -hmm. but you do see um that fisk is um, very grateful for his protection of Vanessa um, during uh, those two years away. Specifically because Felix
2: introduces this com- this conversation with Fisk by saying that the men who were sent to kill Ray Nadim failed and they've all been taken care of. So he's specifically starting this whole conversation with Fisk saying, I've just killed all those people that failed in that mission that I gave them. I can hand you my resignation and leave right now. Uh, you know, it's not very many people that get the opportunity to do that at all.
0: So I find it really interesting on this action, quote unquote, scene. I really enjoyed it. And that, cause the quote unquote is about Matt is seen as Matt wrestling, slamming a, a bad guy twice his size into a car by mm-hmm. a woman in the car. I'm like, and then he just, Picks up the blind man approach again. I'm like, oh, Maddie, Maddie, Secret identity here. You can't have both ways. Which I think is going to come back to haunt him at some point.
2: Well, the the post that I put up on our Facebook group for this particular episode was Matt with his I'm Not Daredevil t-shirt. Um, <laughs> because, firstly, uh, he does pick up his red t-shirt and puts it on at the beginning of the episode, uh, or at the end of the last episode, feeding into this one, he puts his red t-shirt on, which is the famous one that has the I'm Not Daredevil on it. Um, there is definitely that moment where the woman is in the car changing the radio channel or listening yeah. to the radio as a person slams into the front of her car, smashing the glass, and she does look out the window seeing uh, this Blind guy pick up his cane and uh, and walking on, yeah. So I don't know whether it's completely busting who he is, but certainly it's showing that this guy is not your average uh, your average blind guy who doesn't know what's going on. Definitely, yeah. yeah.
0: He's almost like a man who uses echolocation to uh, know where everything is. And if he was going to become a superhero, what would you call him? Batman? Man, that uses echolocation. Anyway, good. Moving on. Uh- <laughs> I still think that's the weird one. You should call Daredevil Batman and Batman Daredevil, because that's more what they are. But any- Maybe,
2: maybe. but I I do like how the scene ends with them getting into the cab. I like that Matt is standing at the back of the cab and goes, oh, no, it's not a cab. And the reason for that is because the last time he got a cab in New York, he ended up at the bottom of the Hudson. So understandable why he doesn't want to get into a cab. Yeah. And the gag with Ray Deem saying... But I'll drive is also yeah, hilarious. Exactly. After everything they've gone through, Ray still is kind of going, yeah, but you're still can't drive the cab, you know?
0: It was fun. It was just a bit strange. I don't know. Like, I, I they showed off his powers quite well. Um, in terms of the point here, point here, wait, go, let's wait. There's two guys coming, etc. Um, mm-hmm. but I would have liked him to see, like, if he had just thrown on the mask and then went full Daredevil, level, but he was just running in between. Which like full men in black, if you want, but he just he was in this in between phase, which I don't know, it just didn't resonate as much with me. But it was still cool. Like I'm not taking away from that at all. It was still cool. It was just I think it didn't resonate as much as I wanted it
1: to. It's interesting you say that because I must say I didn't I didn't clock that he was ultimately exposed as Matt Murdoch here, showing off his skill set. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And um yeah, I'm kind of, I missed that totally. I didn't really think about it along those lines. But certainly, um you know, given all the cameras that Wilson Fisk seems to have at his disposal, you're kind of thinking uh, it, it's going to get caught on some kind of traffic cam on the parkway. Uh, and maybe it will feed into something. So uh, yeah, no, that's really interesting, actually, uh, to see how that plays out. But ultimately, case note number four the deposition and press conference here. The final destination of Matt Murdock and Ray Deem is to the grand jury in the courts. Again, this is uh, another really interesting moment where Karen goes off to effectively, at the same time as what's going on behind the closed doors, she goes public with what's happening in the courtroom. Yeah. Um. don't know how that would uh, go down by... By the judge but i like how there is this huge glimmer of optimism between the group that they have um this moment um where the the truth has come out about wilson fisk in front of a grand jury uh karen is doing her public message with allison outside the courtroom and there's a real nice moment where it's all smiles positivity and as i say um the the war is lost, in effect, as Matt tunes into what's going on behind the closed doors of the courtroom to hear that Wilson Fisk has been um, also uh, getting to know the grand jury a little more intimately than Matt Murdoch would have liked.
0: I wish they hadn't got the jury at that point. I'd like to have seen Nadim in there. I'd like to have seen a courtroom. I think I talked about this at the very beginning of the season. Or early on saying that I, I wanted to see the matte, foggy courtroom scene where they were actually in the courtroom arguing, doing an opening, doing a closing, uh, yeah. something along those lines. So I was hoping that they, the, the fact that they, within 15 minutes, they were standing outside and we get a cocked ear and the, the jury <laughs> being, uh, bought or threatened.
2: One member of the jury knows the addresses of every other member of the jury. Um, and that is the threat is that I know exactly who every single person here is. It's a, it's a great moment and really far reaching tentacles of Wilson Fisk are exposed once again in this episode. Really liked it. And I loved how quickly this happened because it was almost like that moment where it was like, high fives, everyone. Everyone's <laughs> going to be happy. Yeah. Ray, I, what I heard from you was a man standing up for truth, justice, and the American. Oh, actually, hang on a second. <laughs> what I hear from the courtroom is. Uh, The jurors have all been bought. Sorry, right? We might have to do this again in the future. You know, it's a really interesting twist. The one thing I didn't like about this moment is we don't hear anything of what Karen actually says to the press. We hear her walking up to the press going, Karen Page wants to make a statement. And we see the aftermath of it when the grand jury has said uh, that they're throwing out the testimony of Ray, which is now going to be sealed and no one will ever hear the actual testimony. And the press go to Karen, oh, well, you were just lying to us to protect the bulletin and trying to up the ratings of the bulletin. But what did she actually say? Did she tell them that Agent Poindexter was Daredevil? Did she tell them that he's the one that attacked the bulletin? Did she tell them that Ray Nadim was the one on the stand? Because you hear somebody asking the question, who is it? Do you know the person that's on the stand? Do you know who it is? And she doesn't seem to tell them that. So what actually did she say in her statement? Yeah will it come back in the next episode? Will we actually get some of the press publishing the information or will everybody just not publish it at all because the court case didn't go through? I'm presuming that's what's happened. But I'm not sure if the scene really worked for Karen because it was supposed to be the third prong of the plan with Nelson Murdoch and Paige getting back together. She has the press that she's able to talk to and give a statement to, but I don't know what her statement was, so it didn't seem to make sense in the episode. It felt like it was just something for Karen Page to do. If, if she'd actually made a statement about something to the press that actually made sense and they published it and it wasn't just hanging on what was happening in the courtroom, maybe it would have worked as a plan, but it feels like whatever it was she told to the press wasn't meaningful enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, she said that Wilson Fisk had tried to kill her mm-hmm. um, and I think she mentioned poindexter and that was it because there is that moment where it pans out and poindexter is watching the screen so but she says that to ellison before she's talking to the press and that's what i'm
2: wondering about they ask her a few questions and the camera pans away and we don't actually see what she says until they say afterwards you were just lying to us karen to boost the ratings of the bullet
0: so she still say that there was a kid the the person was in the fbi so she she lands it on the fbi but she Mm -hmm. doesn't I don't think she names Point Dexter. So the way the way I inferred this was she said as much as she could without the grand jury indicting the grand jury's testimony kind of thing. Because there's certain things you can't say outside of a grand jury. Of course. Um, so she kind of said enough. And then was like, okay, but when they released the transcripts, and parts of the grand jury, you'll get all the rest of the information.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the, I think as well, there's a really good point made by Blake Tower um, earlier in the episode that you know, Nadim's lawyers in Nelson and Murdoch have huge conflicts of interest mm-hmm. here um, in in relation to Wilson Fisk and uh, with with other things to to do with this. Do you really want them as your lawyer? So again, I mean, there is also a, um, that point of whether they're the right lawyers to have taken this they are in reina deem's eyes and they are in their eyes because they don't necessarily trust anyone else to take it and follow it through however um you know that could be um one of those things that undermines their case and again similarly with Uh, Karen Page doing this public thing, she has to be very careful about what she says. And it seems as though then the other press people are looking on it really sceptically now that it's been thrown out because they don't know the jury has been threatened in in this way. So for them now, there's multiple pieces making it appear as though the bulletin is out satisfying itself, Mm -hmm. self-promoting, and that Nelson and Murdoch then have really... Not being able to persuade the jury um, to to indict Wilson Fisk, so it, it it leaves them in a really precarious position here. And I, I do like the fact that um, Ray Nadim sort of wriggles loose from the custody, from the safety of uh, Murdoch and Nelson. think um, you know, Matt Murdoch is massively annoyed uh, and heads off, but ultimately Nadim heads back then to his home after this. Not before knocking out Foggy Nelson well, as that's well. That's true. You know, he gives him a punch across the face and
2: knocks him out. Like that's pretty, uh, pretty harsh for poor old Foggy. What a way to repay your lawyer.
0: Yeah. There's obviously a larger allegory here regarding kind of, so who is the, the bulletin supposed to be?
2: It's supposed to be the left wing press versus Trump. As we mentioned last episode, that Fisk is supposed to be Trump. They've absolutely underlined it this, this season. Uh, and this is supposed to be the free press is supposed to be the bullet and people that will take that opportunity to go against the big guy. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it is yeah. that because where the rest of the journalists are turning on Karen and calling her a liar and, Oh, you're just out to get mm-hmm. him and all that. That seemed that that was a particular scene that I'm like, Oh, okay. That's. You're hitting me over the fa- in the face with the subtlety, if you want to call it that. Yes, it's
2: it's the Fox News fake
1: news
0: uh, idea,
2: yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But then this does bring us on to our finale setup, really, and our case note five. We have Nadim, you know, losing everything here mm. um, after knocking out Foggy at the courtroom. He heads back to his house. Uh, which is now a crime scene, you know, he, we've had these really nice moments where he's been um, effectively absolutely torn to shreds by his wife saying, you know, you weren't supposed to lie to me um, and you you brought a firefight um, to our home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he goes back there and it's empty. He's had that conversation with his his child, Sammy, about um, you're going to hear bad things that that I've done. I haven't done them. Um, but I didn't stop them, you know. Um, he he records his message then, you know, all those memories of him and his family the as he records this message uh, to them. And I think it, it, it's really um, interesting here that there are cameras around Rayna Deem's house, and I think that moment where he's outside drinking um, by the big hole here where the swimming pool was supposed to be. As Dex arrives to carry out Vanessa's wishes, that he refuses to move somewhere where he can be killed off quietly, and I'm like going, has he pointed one of his security cameras in that direction and mm. um, does he have something with his phone like he's recording? what's he doing? I feel there's a plan here from Rena Deem and um, that he is being a sacrificial lamb but that this sacrifice will have some meaning he knows he's going to get killed uh, but he knows that he is able to make it into a meaningful sacrifice of himself uh, and the loss of his family he wants to to make it up to sammy his son to his wife but also to his own character it seems so I, i think there's something here that um you know has blindsided Poindexter. Uh, and I, I really like the fact that maybe ultimately with Vanessa's first decision, which overturns Wilson Fisk's uh, and, and Felix Manning's about keeping Nadim alive, she overturns that, that that ultimately may be the downfall of Wilson Fisk. Maybe. Yeah, maybe.
0: I, I'm there. Nadim is... He's too smart just to go go yeah. to the to go to the ground without having something. And it was just like, he knew the cameras, where the cameras were, he was looking and he was very insistent about not leaving the back garden.
2: Yeah. He says to Dex, um, I'm not going to make it easy for you by going in undercover yet. Definitely get that bit. I definitely think the video message being recorded just beforehand is going, look how easy it is in our world today to have video cameras. Just remember that point. Watch. Yeah, absolutely. Remember that point fellow defenders. Uh, this will come back in the future, but is it just that extra neighbor is filming? Is that why the light goes on just after Ray's been killed? Uh, has he set something up? I, I just don't know, but it does feel like Ray would have more of a plan than just to stand there and take it. Um,
1: he feels like he wants to go at the hero. Yeah. So, uh, so what is his plan? I'm really interested to find out. Yeah. he sacrificed everything he might as well make it meaningful yeah. uh, and and have a purpose it's a really good send off I think for this character assuming that that is what plays out in the next episode yeah uh, ultimately um because he he ultimately has become more and more important over the course of this series you know he has been uh, to some extent, that plot device uh, at, at the start, um, but ultimately has been interwoven really nicely into the fabric of um, this series, mm-hmm. uh, and I've I've really enjoyed his role in the different relationships between both him and Poindexter, but the FBI and Wilson Fisk. Um, all these different mashups, um, uh, and different scenarios that Rayna finds himself in, even with his superior, Special Agent Hatley, uh, as they kill Agent Wynn. Um, it's just a real great character for driving how Wilson Fisk is so dodge and where his influence lies yeah. and how that affects different relationships. So uh, I think this is, um, an honorable send off for Special Agent Rayna it's sad to gone, yeah. He's interacted definitely. with every single character throughout the show, even here. When Blake Terror comes
2: in and is introduced to him, he goes, I know him. You know, everybody knows this character. He's, this, he's kind of the central character outside of Daredevil in the show. He's been in every episode and has had interactions with every other character. So sad that he's gone, but I'm hopeful that the sacrifice is meaningful in the last episode, definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. Like I said earlier in this episode, I kind of have an idea where this is going to go in terms of, the very end, i.e. Vanessa dying, Point Dexter being the cause. But my vision is cloudy, if you will.
2: Yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier on, Chris, I'm not sure about, at all about Dex being involved in Vanessa's death. That whole idea seems kind of out the window to me, to be honest. I think what they're setting up in this finale for for it is that Vanessa is the one in the chair controlling everything. If Wilson goes back to prison, Vanessa's right there. She's still in control and still in the background. Um They've sent Dex off to kill Ray. If he's got video footage of Dex, well, then Dex goes down. Dex goes to prison yeah. as well, uh, or is killed uh, by the FBI. I don't think his story is going to be... I don't think we have enough in the in one last episode for him to build up a beef against Vanessa and kill her. I don't think there's enough time left in this, in this season of the show, to be honest. I kind of feel like this is the last big move from Dex, and he'll be either killed or be in prison by the end of episode 13.
1: Or I think for me that he will be Vanessa's right-hand man. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel as though that moment where he says, I'm the new James Wesley, if you will, um, and he goes to get the painting and he has that conversation with her, it feels as though um, he's making a connection there. Um, he knows it's the way to uh, Wilson Fisk's, Heart, Mm. his big pounding omelet ridden heart. And, you know, there is that moment where he kind of maybe feels slightly shunned by Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk is really just telling him, like, just calm down. You're not doing anything. You know, I've put too much on you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of why you may, may have failed in killing Karen, Daredevil, and and so on. So I, I just wonder if it is that Wilson Fisk goes to prison and Dex is the right hand man for Vanessa who takes up the mantle. Uh, but ultimately it will be Vanessa's fault for reversing the decision of Wilson Fisk to actually just frame uh, Nadim for uh, the murder of agent Wynn and to have the FBI go against him and just actually to soul destroy him, to crush him um, mentally, professionally, um, And just emotionally, that is probably where he should have been as opposed to murdered. Because who knows what he has managed to capture from that meeting. If anything, it's a theory. Let's see how it plays. And I feel like the choice of Vanessa to send Dex to kill Ray
2: without the Daredevil costume is the whole plan. It is send his ex-partner to go and shoot him in his back garden and he will be the one that will take the fall for the death of that's true. You know, Uh, remember that conversation between Vanessa and Wilson Fisk, where Vanessa goes, he called himself the new James Wesley. Yes. Wilson Fisk went, he's not anything like the new James Wesley. He's just a tool that's useful.
1: Yeah, I I like that as well. Okay, so uh, we can't have both ways, but mm-hmm. I I like both of them. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That you know, he how dare he call himself James Wesley? He was my only friend that I let close to, uh, um, and he is not there yet. And that this ultimately um provides a, a route for them to get rid of Poindexter, where the blame is on nadim for doing what he does rather than on them okay yeah yeah. and remember the fact that
2: dex brought back rabbit in a snowstorm after clearly killing the one person that wilson fisk has been merciful to possibly in his life probably didn't sit very well with wilson fisk either so possibly they're setting him up to for the fall i suppose
0: yeah yeah i i can see that um but dex is being stupid why, like, leave blood evidence on a a white frame, on a white painting, and use the stain of blood. I was like, ah, come on.
2: I don't know whether stupid's the right word, Chris. I think you mentioned it last episode uh, about this pressing stress that's been on Dex as things start to go out of control for him. Um, We see it at the beginning of the episode, the moment where he's standing, waiting for Fisk to arrive, and you hear that rising of the flies. A uh, motif that's been going on since last episode—you hear it rising in his brain as he's trying to apologize to Wilson Fisk, and is not given the opportunity to do that either. Uh, for like a full day, he's left to just stew in his juices about failing Wilson Fisk, you know. Uh, and when he apologizes to Wilson Fisk, he's told, "Well, actually, you're on the outs now. You haven't done the things that I wanted you to do, and maybe it's because I'm putting too much pressure yeah. on you." You know, I don't think he's stupid. I think everything's spiraling out of control for this character and he's doing everything he can to grab onto control like he has many times throughout this season. But it's all lost to him now, and I think this is why Wilson Fisk is throwing into the wolves, in a way, is because this is not a character in control. This is not someone you can have around, and on the interior of your business, he's
1: too much of a loose cannon.
2: I get
0: that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And speaking of loose cannons, um, we do have Matt leaving the trio of Karen foggy and matt murdoch and he is done with the law what's Mm -hmm. he gonna do turn and take down fisk kill him maim him brutalize him you know what's happening here in a sense from that trio he's become that loose cannon as well Uh, i I do love the the fact that we see nelson and uh, karen kind of just sitting there almost helpless you know that their friend has gone off again and it it hasn't worked the way uh, foggy thought it might do Mm -hmm. Uh, and ultimately have they lost him again Uh, and that's their overriding kind of feeling and the look of sadness on their face i I think it's just really well done
2: yeah i totally agree i think there's some really interesting moments throughout this episode we hear that conversation with ray where ray's going you know you walk that line between dark and dark and light all the time i stepped off into the dark side for a week and my entire life fell apart how do you keep your friends close how do they stay with you and matt goes it's not me. I do nothing to keep them close. They stick by me. They're the ones that choose to be right beside me. And what we have is Matt has made the choice to stick by them until it all doesn't work out. And they've lost their opportunity with Matt in a way. He may come back to them at the end of the season, as I said earlier on, when this whole thing with Wilson Fisk has done, he may come back and and join back up with them again. But he went with them. He did everything they wanted to do. He took their plan. He didn't say anything about Karen going to the press. He took Foggy up on his offer to bring in a grand jury and and put Ray in front of them. He did all of that. Didn't use this as cover for Daredevil to go and take down Fisk, you know. But none of it worked out. It's all failed now. Yeah. So Matt's going to put back on that mask again and and go after Fisk, I believe.
1: Anyway, I think yeah, I think so.
0: I think so too, gentlemen very interesting to see that we're going into the 13th episode of this season and there's so much to be closed off so much Mm -hmm. like even when we had if we say luke cage by the end of episode 12 we kind of knew where everything was and everything was going to stand we got some nice twists at the end of the episode but this one is a lot bigger everything's still up for grabs in this episode
2: it feels like all their plans have failed yes yes by the end of this episode yeah um i think the only plan really is how does matt take down fisk and we know from a previous episode he can't get back into that hotel because they know how to block him from getting in this time so they've they've upped security so how does he get back at getting fisk so it'll be really interesting to see how they how they deal with that in the next episode okay that says for the end of our top five points. Chris, do you have any notes on the episode? I do.
0: And um, there was a beautiful Easter egg, and it's the epitome of an Easter egg in this episode. Uh, in Fogwell's gym, behind Karen and behind Matt, at one point you see a red poster, um, which says Morales versus Parker. Nice. Uh, so this is a Spider-Man's reference for all of our non-Spider-Man fans. That uh, Miles Morales is the new Spider-Man, or one of them, and Peter Parker is obviously Peter Parker. It was a nice nod Easter egg to which like, potentially could be, you say, into the uh, into the Spider Verse, uh, an animated film which hopefully you've all checked out the trailers for. But I think this is more of a nice nod.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is a good spot actually, Chris. You are on fine Easter egg form as we move into the Christmas season.
0: I do like my Easter eggs at Christmas. Mm, Discounted chalky. chocolate. <laughs> uh, any? do you guys have any easter eggs for this episode any notes
1: no not for me no other notes for me
0: okay so with that that's all of our notes for this episode so to finish this episode off Derek do you defend this episode of Daredevil season 3 episode 12 one last shot
2: I definitely defend this episode I think this is a great penultimate episode because it leaves you at a point where you don't know what's going to happen Um, that's always good and we had the opportunity to see Nelson and Murdoch back together again. We had the opportunity to see Karen working with the press and doing her thing. Really good to see that. Really sad loss that we've seen uh, Raina Deem gone. Uh, really enjoyed his character this season and loved his arc. I'm um, hoping it's going to pay off in the final episode. But yeah, absolutely enjoyed this episode of uh, of Daredevil. Chris, do you defend this episode of Daredevil season three episode twelve? One last shot.
0: I do defend this episode. As I said, there was a few things that potentially I was just like, I just don't get it. Why this choice? Um, but again, these usually when we have these types of episodes, I'm usually at a point where at the end of the next episode, I'm like, oh, okay, now I get why you do it this way or this way. It's setting up a lot for, for episode 13, um, which is always a good sign. Uh, I just hope we don't get left on a cliffhanger again. Like knowing Matt is dead. It's all he's dead, but he's actually alive. Oh no. <laughs> uh, I don't want that. I want a, I want resolution in this season, um, especially with the fate of daredevil season four um up in the air um so i don't want a to be continued um so let's see where we get we have one hour left with these characters and i won't want to get into it very quickly so that's all Mm -hmm. i have to say yes i defend this episode john do you defend daredevil season three episode 12 one last shot
1: Yes, I do defend uh, the penultimate episode of Daredevil. I give it four swimming pool floaters out of five. <laughs> um Yeah, uh, I really did enjoy this. Um That uh, took me a minute. That's about rain the it, it, it is, That's yeah. Good. Unfortunately, he didn't float because there was no water. Nice. And actually, the swimming pool wasn't um finished. But certainly, <laughs> yes, uh, if it had been and if his construction schedule had run on time mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, it would have been better if he'd been floating on a nice big lilo with a cocktail with his family jumping True. in as well. But unfortunately, um in that sense, he would have been just face down and dead. Yes. But I do defend this episode. Uh, I, I really like seeing Vanessa back. I, I like that it, it kind of Stayed a little suspect for a while between her and, and Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also was very much on edge all the way through this, expecting um, a Poindexter move, especially when Raynor Dean was back at his home. I was just expecting to hear like this little uh, smash of glass as I, I don't know, a marble came through the window and hit him square in the head and he died. I, I wasn't expecting it to be um, so face to face, actually, between Poindexter and Nadine uh, in the back garden. Uh, I, I like then that that all came from Vanessa. And again, just to see what happens here. Um, you know, is it to take down Poindexter, put that uh, blame on him, or what is going to happen now that Matt has left the trio, the happy trio that was so, um, happy, smiley, positive in the courtroom until they realized that Despite all their best efforts, um, Wilson Fisk has got a way bigger wallet than any of them ever have, or indeed uh, a way bigger arsenal of guns, henchmen, and Felix Mannings uh, than they have. So uh-huh. this this was really good, and it definitely sets up for the the final episode uh, to really see who comes out on top here. I think I agree. I mean, whilst I definitely want there to be um, a a, a follow up uh, as such. Uh, I really hope there's some kind of happy resolution for Matt Murdock, because I've enjoyed seeing happy Matt back on screen. I hope it's not just kind of left uh, with, on a cliffhanger, as you say, Chris. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really excited now to see um the final episode here of Daredevil Season 4. So yes, I do defend uh, this episode. I don't think I got across throughout this podcast how tense this
2: episode of daredevil actually was watching it the first time because we watched it a few times as we always do for this review and um, every single time that ray nadim was standing outdoors i was thinking there was a bullet going to be coming for him um there was a moment where he's just standing outside mahoney's house just chatting away to matt and, and foggy and i was expecting bullets coming across the absolutely. road. absolutely he's in the courthouse talking to matt and foggy after doing his testimony and you're and you're going Why are you standing in front of a window? (laughs) Step away from the window, Ray. There was so much tension in this episode uh, to do with where Ray was placed. And then, as you say, John, having him face-to-face with Dex at the end of the episode, and that's how he meets his demise, was actually quite an interesting choice because it was unexpected.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, It it was really... um on edge, I should say. Those three moments, uh, Mahoney's mum's house outside Mm -hmm. the courtroom and then in the house, it was just like, okay, I'm just waiting for um a little smash of glass yeah. and I don't know, a paper clip to come whizzing through right between the eyes. Yeah. So on to some feedback. Uh we have some feedback for episode ten here from our Facebook group. You can head on over to join our group over at facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash defenders TV podcast. Mike Brown says, I know that Lee Turgeson." Who plays Karen's dad pops up almost constantly in these little roles, but he always will be to buy a from Oz to me. Yes, Oz. What a great show. Mm. If slightly disturbing and violent, but a fantastic show. Uh, if you haven't seen Oz and you have a strong constitution, uh, I would definitely recommend it to you. Mm Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. Leek Ferguson is one of those actors, when you see him on screen, you always go,
2: I know that guy, I know that guy from something, (laughs) because he's been in so many different things over the course of his career, but absolutely, Oz is probably the biggest one that he's known for.
1: Yes, still on episode 10, Connor McKenna says, I like Karen in the comics. She will always hold a sweet spot for me, despite her beginnings as a vapid idiot. She grows as a character, especially after Born Again, during the Nascente run, up until her tragic death. She was also a standout in the two Daredevil novels I've read, one where she might even get more page time than Matt, but I do not like her on this show. I like the actress, but I guess it's just the writing. For some reason, she's always takes up heaps of screen time in Daredevil. And while it's relevant for her character, it isn't really relevant to the plot. Did we need half an hour to tell us what we pretty much already knew? That she was in a car crash where her brother died and she did heaps of drugs and felt awful about it? I did like the small town setting at least. But it went on too long. Then we have the climax of the episode straight from Guardian Devil. But predictably, Karen waltzes in with her plot armor and gets other characters killed. Again, so tired of this. It was so predictable as well. I didn't enjoy the sequence. Despite the fact it was straight from one of my favorite stories. Because I was waiting for Karen to get either Father Lantham or Maggie killed. And lo and behold, just like Ben Urick and the newsroom, it happened. Her actions got someone else killed, albeit I will say she is less responsible here than the other two examples where she tricked and brought Ben to King Ping's mother, resulting in his death and bringing the people to the newsroom uh, and not a safe location. But I digress. It's just more of the same thing with her. I am tired of her scenes. She is just the same in every damn season and she takes up so much screen time. Maybe she could have sacrificed herself for Maggie, redeeming her for all the death she causes, especially redeeming her in her mind, as this route will sure just make her hate herself even more. In this episode, I never felt suspense for Karen because she just seemed immune to death. Here's where I rustle feathers. I've read a lot of articles and apparently you are not allowed to kill her or it would be sexist and doing the women in fridge trope. I have many more thoughts on this, but I'm going to steer away from them until I finally burst on my own podcast and it comes pouring out in a flood of madness, but hopefully that day is far away. Bring in Black Widow or Heather or anyone, even Gloria next season. Hopefully there is one. Damn you, Netflix. Anyway, sorry for the long email. I'm still listening to the Iron Fist coverage. uh, Episode six, I'm on. Because I'm so far behind, but in light of that cancellation, I might skip to the Daredevil coverage since I'm still miserable about it. Thank you, Connor, for uh, the feedback. Um, Yeah, it's um, certainly a point of view to be had, and I think um, I wouldn't get too down on... on Karen? Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think she hogs the screen time. Um, I think half an hour out of three seasons is not really hogging screen time from the the main protagonist. And I certainly think that both her and uh, Foggy uh, in season two were very much sidelined for um, The Punisher, Electra and uh, Matt Murdoch—they really did have a uh, bit parts. At the end of the day, this is just simply a different way of um, using and writing this character. It's just that. In this world, she survives those elements and and those scenarios that she has not survived in the comics. But that's not mean that you have to fully and faithfully um, transcribe the comic books to um, the the TV. Um, Certainly, they are drawing inspiration from there, And I I think um, that's what all the Marvel Netflix will do. They will draw on this inspiration, but they aren't necessarily bound to what uh, Frank Miller, what Kevin Smith and any of the earlier writers uh, have done with Karen Page. I I, I think um, stories have to move forward. They have to change up. Yes, they are doffing the cap and they are referencing and they are paying maybe some homage to um, those seminal moments in the, the history of Daredevil as a character. But if you repeat the same story again and again, these characters then do not develop. They become stale. Um, and, and I think um, this is uh, nice. I really enjoyed finally seeing Karen's story on the screen. Yeah. And um, maybe I'm less invested in, in the comics whilst I have read Frank Miller's, whilst I've read Kevin Smith's. Personally, I don't feel that we should be beholden to them. So I I do disagree with um some of the elements that you've said here, for sure. And I, I think it's great that we've seen Karen and I think Foggy get more time here with Matt Murdock to develop that trio uh and that relationship between these three. I think it has been uh, really, really good to see. And ultimately, I am glad that they didn't kill her off. So, you know... Thanks very much for the um, feedback, but certainly um, it's one that I don't always uh, agree with.
2: Thanks so much for sending the feedback in, Connor. To be honest with you, we know that there is a lot of dislike of the character of Karen out there. I'm a fan of the character. I really am. And to be honest with you, the fact that they've gotten to this stage where they've put this moment on screen, the moment directly from the comic books where she dies... And she isn't the one that dies is brilliant to me because right the way from season one, the discussion that's always gone on is I can't wait till she turns into a drug addict and dies. Well... You know, that's, that's terrible for a character that everybody thinks that's all that's going to happen is she's going to turn into a drug addict and die because that was two stories effectively, the two biggest stories for Daredevil possibly, but it's only two big, two stories. Um, I'm so glad to know that we're hopefully going to get another season of Daredevil with this character of Karen Page and nobody knows where she's going to go, what her next move is going to be. Cause that means it makes her a more interesting character. Delighted that that you've sent in this feedback. Cause again, not many people put it into words as well as you have. So I'm always interested in hearing somebody else's opinion about the characters and the show uh, that's out there. So thanks so much for sending that in.
1: Yeah, thanks, Connor.
0: Yeah, thank you, Connor. And look, we can all agree to disagree sometimes and still appreciate the, the viewpoints of the other person. Uh, and that is a mature comic book audience and friends. And that's what our fellow defenders are. So uh yeah, I don't agree. But thank you for sending in the feedback. So moving on to episode 12 and feedback for that episode. Uh, over on Facebook, Brianna McGill says, I really like seeing Mac back in the fold. Uh, but I also like seeing that he's still not 100% okay. Like he's still full on rage mode yelling at people. And at the end, he just pieces out to do things his way. Yes, he does, Brianna. Um, and that's what's going to be the interesting bit. Um, I really like see, as I said, you've heard already in this episode, we like seeing Mac back uh, in the fold. But yeah, he's going full man in black now.
2: I love that, Brianna. What a great way to describe just peacing out and going off in his own way. Excellent. Thanks, Brianna. Um, Doug Green sent us an email a couple of weeks ago about uh, episode 12 just to say, was I the only one that was disappointed when Foggy said, Nelson and Murdoch, attorneys at law, and he didn't say avocados at law? You are definitely not the only one, Doug. As you probably heard earlier on, John even included that in his, uh, in his <laughs> opening statement uh, or opening arguments. Yes, yes. My opening <laughs> statement to yes. the jury. They are avocados at law. None of this attorneys at law. Yes. I know I normally call it your synopsis, but we should have called it opening statements from the beginning. We of really should have, actually. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it's never too late to change.
2: Speaking of which, Jamie Alexander says, yay, our avocados are back together again. Well, for a few hours anyway. I love the parallel between Ray's reason for taking Fisk's bait and Matt's dad choosing to win his fight instead of going down. I always thought Vanessa had to be a bit dark to accept a man like Fisk. Oh, but I also had the feeling that Ray was going to end up dead. Every time Matt and his friends seem to get a leg up, Fisk knocks them down a few rungs. It's delightfully infuriating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um... I'm so pleased that our guacamoles are, are back doing their thing. It's been really good to see, actually. So a yay from me as well, Jamie and Doug, for sure. Great point, Jamie, about, uh, about
2: Ray taking down Fisk, similar to Matt's dad taking, uh, choosing to win his fight instead of going down. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. Nice parallel.
0: Still on Facebook, we had feedback from Andrew Wilmot, who said, This was a really great episode. R.I.P. Nadine, he's a great character, and Jay Ali plays him so well. His character arc ended perfectly. It sets up a fantastic finale.
1: Excellent stuff. Thank you, Andrew, for the feedback. And thank you, everyone else, for your feedback. It's really great to get your thoughts. And we just have one final episode left, which I must say I am really, really looking forward to. This has been a really good season of daredevil mm-hmm. Um i've loved how they've kind of brought it back to that core grouping of characters that we saw in season one with wilson fisk with matt nelson and karen and then obviously having uh, the introduction of these new characters such as rey Deem poindexter um and using ellison as well to really uh connect these two together and mahoney of course as well uh don't forget mahoney um so really enjoyed this cannot wait till our next podcast where we will be looking at the final episode of daredevil season three wipes tear away from eye uh yes episode 13 a new napkin
2: that's not a spelling mistake. <laughs> a new napkin is the name of the final episode of uh, of Daredevil Season
1: 3. Interesting to find out what the heck that means. Yeah, or as we like to say here in Europe, um a new serviette.
0: And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, fellow defenders, I think it is about time we leave because, yeah, that serviette joke was just, oh. oof. oof
1: just the oh. worst absolutely pretty it bad. was just pretty
0: bad.
1: it was really bad yeah
0: we'll be back very soon fellow defenders thank you so much as always
1: thanks so much for joining us fellow defenders we'll talk to you next time yeah as always fellow defenders thank you so much for joining us uh, it's great speaking with you uh, and we'll speak with you again next time bye <laughs>